Welcome to the Health Chick Podcast, your source for practical tips, useful resources, and random musings designed to help you live a more vibrant and healthier lifestyle. I'm your host, Wendemere Riley, registered dietitian and integrative functional nutritionist. You're listening to the Heart Health episode. It's February, folks, and it's Heart Health Month, and I have a very, very special guest uh, for this episode, so let's just dig right in. So many of you know that last year I took a position as Director of Clinical Nutrition and Wellness at Urban Health, a primary care medical office. So my primary role is primary care dietitian. Um, I created this dream position and then was finally able to sell it to a a doctor that I've known for years. Um, We've been colleagues for a long time, uh, who also is a strong believer in nutrition. And so now he's my boss. He's the medical director at Urban Health. He, he, He teaches it. He lives the life. And I asked him to talk to us today about heart health. And I think you're going to be a little bit surprised of what you hear from a primary care doctor. So I'm very, very excited for this show. Dr. Gonzalez, welcome to the show. Uh, Start by telling us a little bit why you think nutrition matters. I think about nutrition as the way that we improve the quality of our bodies and our health. Uh, the concept of building a strong and high-quality building requires good and high-quality materials. So the saying is with our bodies. We are what we eat, in essence. And when, when we, we use good quality uh, aliments and food, we are going to have a healthy and a strong body. So, Dr. Gonzalez, when we were preparing for the show, you said, Wendemere, we should use the analogy heart. Um, and I love that. So, uh, let's dig into it. Uh, we're talking about the heart. Let's start with that H. What does that mean to you? A, a good, healthy heart requires few things. And let's start with the H of heart. Let's think about the effect of happiness, okay? H for happiness. And that I'm meaning, what I'm trying to say is, if we try to be happy from inside out, we definitely are gonna have a healthy heart. Well, Dr. G, that's pretty profound coming from a medical doctor. I absolutely agree. I often, as one of my interventions, have people uh, figure out what makes them happy and what could they be doing to bring happiness and joy into their lives. One intervention that I love is the Happify app. You can do this right on your computer or right on your phone. It's a it's a free app. It's H-A-P-P-I-F-Y. And it's evidence-based games and activities designed to basically bring you more joy and happiness. So tell me more. Yeah, it's interesting how through the history of humanity, we have associated our heart with our emotions. And it's, it's right. Everybody knows that what is uh, feel happiness from the heart, everybody knows how the emotions affect our heart rate, our blood pressure. And we know, uh, without doubt, scientifically, 
but through many uh, very well defined and designed studies, the relation of how our heart function to the state of mind that we are at that particular moment. If we are afraid, the heart rate is immediately going to jump up. If we are happy and relaxed, the heart rate is going down, the blood pressure goes down, and the heart function much better. Okay, Dr. Gonzalez, tell us more about that. Can our emotions really control our blood pressure and can we actually impact our blood pressure through how we think and feel? Absolutely. In the 1950s and 60s, very, very well done studies about biofeedback were proving that we can bring our biologic functions to a better state by just thinking in a positive way, relaxing our minds and calming ourselves. Okay, so next is E, and I think we probably all know what this is gonna be. Uh, we know we need to do it. We, some of us don't like to do it, uh, but you tell us, what is E, Doc? I will use the word exercise for E. So we have H, happiness, E, exercise. And absolutely we can enjoy exercise and bring the benefit to the health of our heart. And I believe that when we exercise, we should not exercise to have a healthy heart. We should not exercise to live longer. We should not exercise to, to be more fit or to look better. We should exercise just to have a present moment of fun. Enjoy that moment. And slowly, all the benefits of that process of exercising will come, including a healthy heart, more fit body, and longevity. Wow, that's pretty powerful stuff. It's not really what I was expecting. But, but Dr. Gonzalez, I got to ask, what about for people that don't find exercise fun? That is a good observation. What is fun is what you want to do. Everybody has their own passion in life. If you like to swim, swim. If you like to walk, walk. If you like to dance, dance. If you like to go to the gym and do weights, during exercise, do it. Any of the above, anything that you can imagine exercise will work. What is important is then how much. I'm gonna try to say very simple. 200 minutes a week divided in no less than four sessions. So we have seven days in a week. If we exercise at least four days and we do at least 40 to 50 minutes every day, we are there. We are getting the benefit, not only for the heart, but the, for the entire body and the mind. So Dr. Gonzalez, I know for a fact that you just don't preach the benefit of exercise. I know that you practice this on a regular basis. So tell us what you do and how you find exercise fun. Yes, I, I would like to do more but everybody has a job and other responsibilities, family responsibilities. But I, as it is now, I enjoy cycling. 
I enjoy going to the gyms a couple of times a week. And I also enjoy playing golf as much as I can, but it happens to be around once a week. Okay, Dr. Gonzalez, you had me on the exercise until we got to the 200 minutes per week. And I don't want to lose any of our audience out there. That's a lot. I mean, what about for people that they're having a hard time just getting off the couch and moving? Maybe they're in pain. Maybe they don't feel good. Maybe they don't want to go to the gym. Sometimes sometimes working out can be intimidating when you, you haven't been doing it for a while and everyone seems to to know what's going on. How do we help those people get moving? Oh, well, this is such a nice surprise. Our office manager, Elena San Martin, we call her Allie, she just joined. And Allie, you're chomping, you, you wanna get in on this conversation. What are your thoughts? Hi, Wendy, thank you for inviting me over. Um, it's really a pleasure to be here. Um, I believe that exercise is way easier when you have somebody that you can do it with. I don't know, a neighbor, a friend, or somebody like can, you know, just walk around with you or go to the gym. My husband and I, we love going to Disney, so this is a way for us to do exercise. As Dr. G mentioned, uh, this is a, a way to make it fun and you don't feel like it's exercise. Truly, many times the, the mind is clear about that we have to do something, but for some reason the motivation is not there. So a few things that we can do is obviously the 200 minutes is not from the day one. You can start doing even 5, 10, 15 minutes, few days a week, and eventually you'll find out enjoying that and you will not find your progress on more time, more frequently. Another thing that you can do, as uh, Ali mentioned, is you can look for a friend of you that is already ahead of you in this process of exercising and join that person and commit with that person to be there. And it's gonna be a way to trick yourself into this uh, increasing exercise that we all benefit from. Dr. Gonzalez, those are all really good tips, but a lot of times the people that I'm working with, they're in chronic pain. They have back pain. Um, they have fibromyalgia type pain all over. And the thought of the thought of exercising for whatever reason, maybe they maybe they can't stand up, maybe they can't walk. Um, what do we tell that person? Um, indeed, there are many people with some physical limitation some part of the body, one of the most common is the lower back pain. The answer is start using and exercising the parts of your body that are still not suffering of anything and you can use it. For example, a lower back person can use the legs sitting in a bicycle or the arms with dumbbells exercising in front of the TV and you do eight to 12 repetitions, two, three, four times, and you take it from there, and gradually you increase the intensity. Uh, the science of physical therapy has as number one therapy for lower back pain, exercise. I absolutely it's agree. I think sitting in front of the TV, even if you can't lift an eight pound weight, 
you can do a one or two pound weight. If you don't have the money to buy the weights, get a couple of soup cans and you can do some over the head. At least you're getting moving and we're helping to build some lean body mass, which as we know, muscle burns more fat. I agree with you, Wendemir. And that leads us to A. So what is A, Dr. Gonzalez? I, I will use awareness, A for awareness. Awareness about, uh, in this particular moment or circumstance, about what we are using as food. So meaning we are what we eat? We are what we eat, that's right. And I also believe that food can heal and food can make us sick. So everybody should be aware of what our particular bodies agrees with as food, what is the a process of eating healthier through life, like a journey of life, learning, exploring, experimenting, uh, observing what foods don't fail well in our digestive system and our body, and keep experimenting into better eating, higher quality of food for our whole body and specifically for the heart. So that kind of goes back to Hippocrates and his famous quote of let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Beautiful saying. And I like to say upgrade your food. So it's not about deprivation, but it's eating food that will make you feel vibrant and well. Very very good. Now, in, in Spanish, we had talked about this earlier, there's another word for A. Well, yes, in Spanish, uh, A goes with alimentación, that means nutrition. And I, 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 I found works perfectly for our acronym of heart. Yeah, excellent. A. All right, so next we're going on to R. All right, so now we're on to R. What does that stand for? R stands for rest. And I'm not talking about the heart because the heart starts beating since we are in the womb of our mother, and we will beat until our last breath and we, our life ends when we die. But I'm talking about sleeping time, resting through sleep, which is fundamental to have a healthy heart and a healthy state uh, of our body. And it's important. We had been sabotaged through the society lifestyle that we are living these days into the quality of our sleep. And the evidence is pretty strong there. Uh, seven to eight hours. So no less than seven, but also no more than eight. And getting a good restful night's sleep uh, for the heart plus for general health. Yes. Few recommendations. Uh, try to keep the temperature of your room a little bit lower. It will definitely help you to have a better quality sleep. Avoid uh, violence and stressful uh, uh, information to you, either via TV or via uh, internet, via laptops or iPads or even 
fun. Uh, try to avoid doing the the family economics. Just uh, and checks, writing checks and paying bills before you go to bed. Keep a, a period of thirty minutes to one hour of something that is not nauseous to your mind to relax before you go to sleep. Avoid coffee in the afternoons at least, and also try to keep your room dark will be good sleep hygiene recommendations. And a couple I'd like to throw in there. Uh, if you have a router in your bedroom, we turn our router off. Uh, we try and not to keep a lot of electronics in the bedroom. Very good point. Uh, an Epsom salt bath before bed. Also help. Uh, I think you and I are both fans of magnesium supplements if needed. Indeed. Thank you, Wendy Mayer. I really have recommended to hundreds of my patients, if no more, to, to take a dose of uh, anything around 400 to 500 milligrams of magnesium before they go into bed. And the majority of them had found the benefit for their sleep quality. And I'm going to agree with you, 30 minutes before, no news, no TV, and I hadn't thought about the economics because I, I am guilty of paying bills right before I go to bed, so I learned something today. Okay, so now we're to T. T, let's use timing. And I mean how we distribute the 24 hours that we all have, while we prioritize how much of this time is devoted to work? How much of this time is devoted to family time? How much of this time is devoted to exercise? And preparing food, trying to eat healthier. If we create a balance and we distribute those 24 hours properly, we definitely are going to increase the health of our heart. Um, I agree with you. Um, we have to prioritize and we have to have balance. Um, a lot of times I'll tell people, you got to put some skin in the game. If you want to be healthy, you got to make that a priority. And your wellness program shouldn't stress you out, but it shouldn't always be the last thing on the list. Perfectly said. I agree with you. All right. Any last tips for us, doctor? Um, definitely. We can elaborate more on this. I think that we try to, in this uh, talk, just create a very simple scenario of few things that we can do right now where we are to start improving the health of our heart, but also feel free to contact us and we definitely can answer questions and uh, give more ideas and share more information toward this important uh, goal of Healthy Heart. Well, February is Healthy Heart Month, but we shouldn't just keep it to February. Let's take care of those hearts um, every single day. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Gonzalez. Thank you to all of our listeners for being here today. Don't forget, this is a free show, so please like us, subscribe, and share it with your friends. This information is so important. Thank you so much for having me here.